0: of the Small Business Surgeon podcast, and um, you know, I don't throw this word around lightly. Uh, there's a lot of excitement around today's guest. Um, she is somebody that I have followed myself for the last few months and followed her journey and got a little bit interested in it, and uh, I met her up in Dallas at the Million Dollar Mastermind. And she was good enough to uh, agree to come and talk to me and talk to you guys. Uh, she is an award-winning coach. She's a best-selling author. She's a podcaster, a speaker. I could just go on and on, but instead of doing that, I'm I'm just gonna straight up introduce you guys. Please welcome to the show, uh, Stacy Rasky. Stacy, it's my pleasure to have you here. Welcome.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor to join you. Uh, that is a hell of an introduction. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, it's all true.
0: It's not like I made it up. I mean, y- yeah, you, yeah. Where do I even start with you? You know, be a boss and fire that bitch. Quit your inner critic and finally believe you're good enough. That's your book. I mean, where do I even begin with a title like that? We're just straighten <laughs> off the deep end. <laughs> Be a boss right? and fire that bitch. Wow, I love yeah. it. I love it. So, man, where do we begin? Because there's there's so much of Stacy that I want to fit into this uh, into this show. Um, first off, award winning coach, how did you discover? That you wanted to be in coaching because you came out of the army, um, you've got a bachelor's degree, you're a chemist. And um, wow. I mean, what got you started on this journey that you're on?
1: So as far as the coaching mentoring side of things, I was my first client. So people meet me now. They're like, oh my God, total badass. Dino, you've <laughs> obviously been doing this forever you know, people hang out with me. They're like, wow, you, I want to be like you, you know, in terms of that level of embodiment and balance and influence. So they do, they just jump to the conclusion that I've been doing this for 10 years or more. And that's not the case. I had my rock bottom moment only six years ago. Wow. And the reason I bring that up is because I've been able to do in six years more than what some people accomplish in a lifetime. And it was just because I was willing to lean in to the process and focus on healing the inner stuff because it's, you know, your success is 90% an in internal game and 10% external strategy. And most of that external strategy isn't even related to business. It's about how can you support that inner game?
0: Dude, that sounds like something that I've heard from a lot of successful people is that they all had to find that level. They all had to find the bottom. They all had to find bedrock. And -hmm. then they had to take what they learned over their lives and start out and build that foundation at that bedrock. So I've got a a huge breakdown on you because my – my guy matt put together a dossier on you um let's talk about six years ago because my rock bottom was uh, was just over just over four years ago now and it had a lot to do with with alcohol and what you see today is what i've built in the, in the four years since i hit rock bottom so um, for you six years you're a couple of years ahead of me in the timeline And looking at you, now, Stacey's very pretty. For those of you not watching on YouTube, go check out the YouTube video. But looking at it, I can't picture you with an eating disorder, 100 pounds overweight, and ingesting large amounts of alcohol. So take me through rock bottom and the lesson you learned there. And uh, let's start your journey on uh, on that first step out of rock bottom that uh, a lot of guys are, are still struggling to take.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. Joy wears well on people like us, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> I can't stop smiling. It's like, you know, it's not that yeah. I compliment you. It's the, it's
1: the new addiction.
0: I compliment is... everybody and they smile yeah. back at no, me, absolutely. you know. It's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, it
1: is. So what's interesting is, of course, it was the rock about a moment. You know, it was only six years ago, but really it was the culmination of a lifetime of wearing the mask of who I should be. Always focusing externally on what everybody else or who I thought I should be to make everyone else happy. Yes. And that- spending a lifetime avoiding my truth and my power You know and I learned very early on to avoid with numbing out so some of that was numbing out with people pleasing and focusing on others some of Mm -hmm. that numbing out was achievement and hustle some of that numbing out was you know the earliest stuff was was food which I didn't have a weight issue until after I got out of the military but um, it was just a lifetime of, of avoidance. I'd known yes. out with television, with drugs, with alcohol, with social media. You know, of course, work is a socially acceptable form of of ism, you know, alco- you know workaholism. It is. it is. And it was I was constantly giving my power away. And the older I got, the more out of control I was. So it made the control issues even worse. And the symptoms of that
0: significant and so i just sorry -hmm. i was just gonna what did it take for you to realize that because we all do that um Mm -hmm. every 20 year old entrepreneur does it every 30 year old entrepreneur does it there comes a breaking point what was it that took you to down that road of discovery that says hey this maybe isn't working for me maybe there's a different way to do this
1: It was literally standing in my kitchen at the end of 2014. I'm, I'm, and again, hundred pounds overweight. I'm far in the throes of PTSD, the depression, the anxiety. I'm on medication. I'm walking with a cane. Wow. Yeah. Was a disaster. And I'm standing in my kitchen, bawling my eyes out, shoving food from the cabinet into my face and chasing it with booze. And I had this moment of clarity that I'm so grateful for. And it was, I thought to myself, what the hell am I doing? And I actually received the answer. And the answer was, I'm trying to make my body look as ugly as I feel on the inside because I hate myself. And not only did I have that moment of clarity, but what followed it up was this moment of radical personal responsibility that I, that it was like, yep. And I hate myself because of all the choices I've made.
0: That is insane. That was so powerful. Um, I know you see me looking away from the screen right now. I'm writing a note to my guys oh, you're fine. because that is <laughs> that. No, that's a really huge deal. Um, you actually looking at yourself and saying, "I want to feel," I want to reflect my outside to to what my inside feels like. That's that's such. That's so <clears throat> prolific in that most people don't realize that the journey to being a success at anything starts on the inside. It starts with how you feel and how you think, and not so much what you project. It's all coming from from that internal source. It's coming from that voice in your head. So, man, the voice in your head says, I'm trying to make my outside feel as ugly as my inside. How How did you even come close to countering that? What was the first step you took to saying, you know what? Maybe I got to get a little help here.
1: Yeah. And it was interesting because I was already in trauma therapy. So I went to my therapist. like a few days later, I think it was like the following week. And I told her, I said, I'm done. I throw in the towel. She's like, all right, what are you done with? I said, I'm done trying to control anything other than myself. That was the breaking Dude, point. Dude, that's such spending. a
0: realization. Right? Wow. Like,
1: what? Yeah, like, literally, that is. those are the words that came out of my mouth. And I'd spent a lifetime in this place of these control issues, right? Like, I was this massive giver. Uh-huh. Hey, that's a control issue, for those of you who don't know. Overserve, overgive, overdo, focus on everyone else in some form or fashion. It's a control issue. Wow. If you're focused on results, hiding in the hustle, control issue. There's so many subtle control issues that help us keep that wall up that keeps us emotionally unavailable for what we desire because we're blocking ourselves from us. It's all this internal game and I had all these walls. And just, I was so compartmentalized from this lifetime of hurt, you know, the childhood trauma that bleeds into the, you know, uh, high school trauma that bleeds into um, military trauma that bleeds into slowly having this downward spiral to that moment of clarity that is such a gift because of what it's allowed me to do.
0: Man. You're unique in the fact that you've pushed through it and discovered the, uh, the answer, but you're not unique in the problems. This is something that most entrepreneurs that I, that I come across struggle with until they figure out that in a dialogue. And for me, it was understanding that I can't control everything that goes on around me. What I can do is control my day and control my time and do the things I want to do and choose to be happy in those things and then have that percolate through the rest of my system. So was there a trick that you used right there in your kitchen when you realized what was up or was this like a gradual overtime thing? How did you kind of take the first steps to getting healthy on the inside?
1: So it was definitely gradual. You know, there's no instant quick fix. The instant quick fix was the decision and the choice. Mm -hmm. That's instantaneous. And it was rock solid because I made that choice and I leaned in. The process was just that it was a process. But, you know, if if we are distilling it down to one thing, the magic toolkit, and this is how I became an expert in this topic.
0: All right. Listen up, y'all
1: is boundaries no kidding boundaries are the key to being able to take control of you and stop trying to control everything that's not within your control because the basic, most fundamental rule of boundaries this is the simplest explanation because it's one of those kind of ambiguous concepts like people are really teach this wrong most gurus teaching boundaries are teaching it wrong cuz they're focusing on external relationships number 1 boundaries are 100% about your relationship with you and that is it every other relationship in your life is a ref- mirror reflection of your relationship with you if someone disrespects you guess what you're disrespecting yourself wow. simple as that mm-hmm. if you're disrespecting you know your time money how you run your business, your relationship with your business, those are all relationships that are 100% internal and a reflection of how you relate to yourself. So, the basic understanding of boundaries is responsibility. What are you responsible for? And what are you not responsible for?
0: Wow. Yes. That's
1: it. That is it. People overcomplicate the shit out of it. Like, they make it super complicated. Like, no. It is really that simple. When you take personal responsibility and focus there, everything changes. Everything changes. That is how like discipline is actually the result of boundaries.
0: I couldn't agree more. This is like <laughs> I hope you all are taking notes, everybody that's listening. Um, <laughs> because by by being able to set boundaries and, and you, you are valuing yourself higher than anything else. And I've, I've said this ever since I learned it, if you as an entrepreneur or as a business owner or as a person or anything uh, don't value your time, and if you don't take care of yourself first, how is anything else gonna be get taken care of? You cannot perform at your highest possible standards without looking after who you are and looking after your boundaries and what you believe. And it's been such an important lesson for me I'm going to dig on this just a minute more, uh, Stacy. if you don't mind. What is, in your opinion, what's the best way for somebody starting out to sit down and say, you know what, I'm going to redefine some boundaries here in my life. Do you have any tips for somebody just that, that, that's listening to the show that maybe wants to catch on to this a little bit?
1: Absolutely. There is one boundary I recommend to everyone. This is literally a birth. Right boundary to every human on the planet. That if we actually own this boundary and held to it, everything would change. And it is the boundary of no disrespect. Okay. Simple
0: as that. Ela- elaborate it's, on no disrespect. Yes, what well, What do you count as disrespect? <laughs>
1: So if you have a boundary of no disrespect and mm-hmm. remember, this is applying to your relationship with you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, you immediately now went to, it. okay, well, what's no disrespect?
0: It. If no, you are yeah. no
1: longer disrespecting your time, your energy, your wisdom, your body, how you talk to yourself in your head, your money, you know, all of those resources at your disposal, if you stop disrespecting those and start using those for the what you desire, the dreams you create, your purpose, your passion, your pleasure, the prosperity will follow.
0: Wow. Guys, we've got a genius on the show today. I keep writing down timestamps so we can go back and cut this up and make some, uh, make some content. You, are, I honestly, I've threatened to get one of those buttons that makes a bomb noise that uh, that Brad Lee hey. has on his show. I kind of want one right. of those because boom, <laughs> make
1: drop moment. Stacy just dropped it there.
0: And no, you're right. Like, some
1: fire. I
0: love it. I love it. But by by doing that and by you know by protecting yourself and by not allowing yourself to disrespect those fundamental things and we do it disrespect is such a strong word but we do it without realizing there's always a a little something nibbling away at your money there's always something nibbling away at your time there's always something as an entrepreneur that's taking from you and it doesn't feel like disrespect. It feels like, well, I'm paying attention to my business. but Or, in rea- or
1: how we talk to ourselves.
0: Oh, we should How dude, disrespectful we, we are. We should, we should get into that a little bit. Um, what do you know? I'm sure it's a lot. <laughs> what can we go into real quick about the power of words and uh, words that come out of your mouth forming your actual reality?
1: The power of words is absolutely amazing and the best place to start. And, and actually... Before we get into that, Mm -hmm. just stay focused on that for a second. The reason this is so important, this whole respect piece of ourselves and building this relationship with ourselves is the one thing nobody tells you. And Had I known getting into entrepreneurship was a constant stream of triggers, I would have started on the inner work much sooner everything that you do in entrepreneurship is pushing you outside of your comfort zone. So it's, you are constantly triggering your old crap. You're constantly triggering it. So almost everyone has a story. We come from something, you know, whether it's massive trauma like myself Mm -hmm. or it's just little stuff that created those seeds of not good enough worthy or deserving of what I desire. It doesn't matter it's not tra- trauma competition but it still creates the same result which are those limiting beliefs right so constantly we are triggering those limiting beliefs in entrepreneurship. So the reason this is the reason the boundaries and the relationship to self is so important. Mm-hmm. So the most powerful shift you can make in how you talk to yourself and externally is trading out every but for and. This is not original, yet it's been one of the most powerful things that I've done in how I talk to myself and how I talk to others.
0: I love that, I love that. Give us give us an example, if you would, because the one I like to do for, for an entrepreneur is to change I cannot to how can I? And it rephrases the question around it. So give us an example, if you would, of how changing but to and can change somebody's mindset.
1: Absolutely. I love reframing anything, you know, I, (laughs) I was titled a spin for the win master because anybody could come to me with an impossible statement, a negative statement, whatever. And it was always a reframe where it was a spin for the win, even Mm -hmm. if it was a total epic failure. It's like, how can we do this This as a a reframe as a spin for the win, Right. And it doesn't matter what's going on. How can you look at it in forward facing in the place of possibility? And it's just, it changes everything. So, but for, or, and instead of, but so the easiest context is for anyone who's married Mm -hmm. uh, or has kids, (laughs) I love you. But you did blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Right? And we know the point of but, but anything that came before it is completely negated.
0: Yep. So it's it's basically
1: just totally wiped out, the critical, right? Instead, approaching when you use and instead of but, you're able to keep the gratitude Mm
0: -hmm. and not
1: negate it. So the value of what the positive is still there. So it's, I love you and you did such and such.
0: Wow. Right. Now,
1: all of a sudden, totally different, totally different space. So in terms of the internal dialogue, it's like, oh, and we'll do this. I am a massively recovering perfectionist. We've talked about control issues today, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how many times have you actually gotten your goal? But it didn't play out as you expected or planned, which (laughs) expectations are just control issues in Mm -hmm. your head. You're just trying to control stuff in your head. So you get your goal, but because it didn't play out exactly as you expected, what we're saying in our head is, yes, I got my goal, but this, 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 and this did not go according to plan. Mm -hmm. So we are immediately diminishing. The value of our success. We're not celebrating our success. We're not owning it.
0: That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. so,
1: So to flip that over to, I got my goal. And here's where the high performer comes in. I can adjust this, this, this for next time.
0: And here's the lessons we learned.
1: Here's the lessons
0: mm-hmm. I learned. Oh my God, How I love that. How I can that. make it
1: better, right? It's so subtle and it's like, what's happening right now? Do this we? Well, so we good. do
0: that around here and I, I don't even know. Like what we do yeah. with every project, nothing ever goes to plan. We plan yeah. as best as we can and then there's always adaptations on the fly. There's always stuff. So we've got standard operating procedures, but I hold opinions until they are changed by the introduction of new evidence. Like, Mm -hmm. as soon as you show me a better way, or if we run into a problem that doesn't fit within our operating procedures, we take that lesson from it. And we say, well, you know, that cost us $1,500 or whatever it cost. However, we learned this, this, and this from it. Plus, we still made a profit on the job. So that rolls to the next job. And it's a win. It's a win for everyone, rather than being the entrepreneur that focuses on, my God, I just lost $1,500 on this job i didn't i just paid 1500 bucks in education to learn for the next job and that has helped so much with my mindset knowing that there's a a cost of entry into being as good as possible at business and you think you're as good as possible but there's always new information coming in like from podcasts like from clients like from failing at stuff and you can build and grow on that so that's that's how we handle it around here i'm 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 I don't, I don't know the right word, but <laughs> I'm picking up what mm-hmm. you're putting down. We, we already do it. That's amazing. So yeah. um, let's touch a little bit, um, man... I want to touch on your hobbies first. I want to touch on your hobbies and then we'll go to your book because right here under hobbies, you have got motorcycles, and you kind of look like the uh, you kind of look like the end of the, uh, the the final boss level on the video game Biker Chick that rides the bike, and you look mean and tough. And, and man, tell us <laughs> a little bit about your hobby in motorcycles. How on earth did you get into riding bikes?
1: Um, you know, it's funny. I've always been kind of wild and crazy. You know, as a uh, growing up. I spent high school years in Alaska. So a lot of like ATVs and snowmobiles and snowboarding and, you know, just like a lot of outdoorsy stuff. Yeah. And I've just kind of always been really active like that. Even as a little kid, I always gravitated more towards quintessentially male dominated activities. So I was skateboarding and BMX bike. Do you
0: still do any of that? Could we put you on a skateboard oh. for a video?
1: Oh yeah, totally That'd be <laughs> fine. Like I'm not gonna do like tricks. My husband will. He'll still do some.
0: That would be fun. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, it's it's just always been very active, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I think it just kind of made sense over time. I mean, I remember the first time, some of the first times, riding on a motorcycle. My mom had a motorcycle. Oh, wow. She would ride with me on the front of the motorcycle back when, like, obviously rules are a little different, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but even getting to ride, you know, on the back of her boyfriend's when I was a kid, you know, on her one boyfriend's bike. And, you know, I just I just loved that stuff. There's something about being a wild and free, you know, I've always kind of just had that that alpha energy where it's just trying new things and, you know, pushing outside the box and, you know, just doing what felt right for me, even if it didn't match the labels, hence why I joined the army, you know, it's not uh-huh. really a, a, like a chick thing to do, <laughs> especially doing chemical and biological warfare detection. You know, like I'm a super science nerd and I love it.
0: Sorry, it's, so it's we we got to touch on this a minute. Like, <laughs> It says in my show notes, it says 9-11 happened on your way to your first duty station. What on yes. earth was that like walking mm-hmm. into that?
1: Yeah, it was really interesting because being bio warfare detection, you know, a few days later, Anthrax showed up at the Pentagon. So that Do was our first, that. De- our first deployment was actually to the Pentagon. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, was, we were the first um unit since the civil war to have a wartime stateside deployment
0: wow that's some yeah. uh, that's some responsibility on somebody's way mm-hmm. on to their first duty station wow right? and then
1: so sorry, well, before on. you go on i was gonna yeah. say and my husband my husband is an avid 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 biker like dirt bikes BMX bikes to dirt bikes to motorcycles so I think it was just inevitable that we would ride together and I'm like I just like I'm not super keen on the idea of riding bitch all the time so I just need my own bike
0: (laughs) yeah I could um there's there's a type of lady that rides on the back of them and there's a type of lady that drives them and you very much struck me as the type that (laughs) drove them yeah
1: I, I posted a video actually yesterday I was happy to be back home from Miami filming the television show and and I was like, yes, I missed my ride. And, you know, I talked about how much being riding motorcycles has taught me about leadership and business.
0: So share a little bit of that real quick before we move off of uh, motorcycles. You slipped in the TV show. I was saving that for later, but it's all right. Oh, we'll get no, back to
1: okay. it. Teaser,
0: what is, teaser. was riding? Yeah, listen to the end of the show. We got some important news coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, right. just let's touch on for a minute, because... How does riding a motorcycle help center mm-hmm. you and help focus you? And it says it says here in my notes it's taught you a ton about business and leadership and influence. So let's mm-hmm. uh, let's just dip into that for a second.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's see. I can just pull up this literally is... the exact stuff that I shared. On my my
0: only exposure into That's the world so of motorcycles has been through Sons of Anarchy. So I'm sure I don't have quite an accurate representation of what it's like
1: right exactly no 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 it's okay it is it's you know it's that place of what is understanding understanding what freedom means to me Mm -hmm. right so a lot of us we get into entrepreneurship because we're like yeah i want freedom i want time freedom i want geographic freedom i want financial freedom and yet most of you are building a business you will be prisoner to Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely if you
1: don't get the inner game in check and again it goes back to the control issues
0: yeah Always, always. The the business, the business is the beast that must be fed um, above all others. And until you figure that out in your mind, and you put that business second to your well-being, like that's every entrepreneur makes that mistake. Like all of them, Mm -hmm. everyone I've ever coached makes that mistake. Um, And you've got to put that business second and put riding motorcycles and chasing the wind first, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, it helps you to be in your body, maintain balance, maintain flow, navigate what like life throws at you. You know how to push through when you're getting dumped on, <laughs> right? How to lead, how to follow, um, how to make split second decisions, how to avoid the hazards that come your way,
0: how to restrain yourself like, effectively.
1: How to manage your emotions because you cannot lose your shit on a bike. Dude. Like, that's how people get
0: killed. I, I, I have not got a motorcycle, because every time I get on him, I twist that right stick as far as it will go, and I go as fast as it will go, and I figured out that that's not really a very healthy relationship to have with a bike, so I have not learned how to control that power. I just love how Mm -hmm. it feels, and so I have to deprive myself of owning a motorcycle because I just, it wouldn't end well, you know? So maybe it teaches you restraint.
1: I was going to say, what that says to me is your relationship with going slow and stillness is something that needs to be worked on because we've got to go slow in order to go fast we've got to be able to fully integrate and align ourselves in order to go fast
0: right but that sounds like Mm -hmm. that sounds like a really well-educated lady talking to me Whereas most guys go, oh, it makes noise, it goes fast. Let's twist it. You see, I'm still very much in the uh, in the in the prehistoric era there, as far as uh, as, as far as evolution. In the fact that I twist the thing, it makes noise and it goes really fast, and you have to grip on with your legs, and it's amazing fun. And so I never I never find the balance because I'm too busy twisting it. You know.
1: Well, and and I would say it's not gender specific. It's really about where people are in their evolution to really balancing and integrating their masculine and feminine energy. Because again, when we're talking about really influential leadership, when we're talking about our highest level, again, of purpose, power, pleasure, and prosperity, we've Mm -hmm. got to have the balance of masculine feminine energy, which again, has nothing to do with gender. So the wisest people are the ones that are the blend of left brain, right brain. It's mm-hmm. the same thing as the masculine, feminine energy. I talk so much about boundaries. What people don't realize is boundaries are part of our empowered masculine energy. But we've got to have that in place first before we can break down those internal walls and actually access the authenticity, the vulnerability, the trust that we need to have as leaders of our business to step into being the role of CEO and not just a slave to this job that our business is.
0: Look at that. Man, I I love the fact that you made me uh, look like an uneducated caveman, but um, I still oh, very you did much do that
1: for yourself. No, no I, I still good. very
0: much like the the noise and the smell and the petrol burning and yeah. Uh, so do I. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I've left my husband in the dust cuz he's got a big bike and I have mine goes a lot faster than his.
0: I bet that and I bet that's a
1: I have a big bike too, but you know, I'll go 120 on the highway if I'm feeling it. So. Ooh, you
0: know. there you go. That's yeah, that's but going that,
1: fast is not where this skills are anybody can go fast
0: that's true yeah i've
1: anybody seen anybody can go fast anybody i've seen some of those can, videos can stop very quickly yeah, yeah. <laughs> when going fast so mm-hmm. if you're able to maneuver in that space of slow where you can create the have, be in that balance be in that flow be in the place of trust mm-hmm. of your equipment and trust of yourself that's magic
0: I love that. Now I gotta go buy a motorcycle now and see if I can find balance. <laughs> all right. Or just
1: start just start with the rider safety course. They provide the bike. Do the rider safety course. It's all slow speed maneuvering. And that's the first step.
0: I, I I've been threatening to do that for years. You know, I took uh, I took a flying lesson once because I wanted to learn to fly, and then I realized I was a pedestrian. You know, maybe I wouldn't like the. the <laughs> Dude, if you've ever been at three thousand feet in control of a Cessna, and you're like, "Yeah, this isn't quite as fun as I thought it would be. I'd kind of like to land right now." <laughs> uh,
1: it is on the bucket list to learn to fly so we'll
0: see how they do I had the money I had the time I had everything I'm like I'm going to go take flying mm-hmm. lessons I get up there and I'm like now nah, you can land this shit right now come on let's go I'm done <laughs> <laughs> so anyway before we get to your um, before we get to your new top secret TV show project that you've been working on um, <laughs> I want to I want to talk a little bit about your book because a book is on my uh, it's on my agenda for you know the, the next six to nine months as as, as things uh, start to free up a little time around here. But you are actually a best selling author with "Be a Boss and Fire That Bitch," and um, that bitch is the voice that lives in your head, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's your inner critic.
0: Dude, tell us a little bit about the book, um, either what's in it, yeah. or even more interesting, the process of writing it and how the book came about. Because uh, less than 1%, a lot less than 1% of the population have written a book, so it's a huge accomplishment. Tell us how it happened.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was very serendipitous, as many things are. Um, you know, you get all those awesome messages from the universe. I love that word,
0: man. It's like the I best. you.
1: Yeah, it was, it was the fabulous. I was literally like October, 2018, my business coach at the time had a workshop and she took us through this visualization of really stepping into you serving at the highest level. Like you're at your peak, you're serving at the highest level. And like, what, what is this vision before you? And it was me walking off a stage, walking to the back of the room and a woman coming up to me bawling her eyes out saying your book changed my life. And I'm like, what book? <laughs> Wow! And needless to say, that day, um, I met the person who connected me with the woman who would become my writing coach and editor the following week.
0: That's so insane. everything lines up
1: perfectly. And so literally at the beginning of 2019, I started writing, working with her, my, the writing coach, and got my book done in three months. And then, you know, launched it um, really like right at that, just over that four year mark um, from my rock bottom moment. It was like four, four and a half years. And, um, yeah, Bestseller by like eleven a.m. That's insane.
0: So humor me for just a minute here, because even though many of my audience might not be thinking about writing a book, I am, and I'm super curious as to how that three months went. Was it was it a tedious process, or was it was it painless, or how how did that work out? Did you shut yourself in a cabin for three months and and write stuff, or (laughs) tell me for my for my own for my own uh, sake, tell me a little bit about that process.
1: The key is, again, we know how it is, investing in the right support for the Mm -hmm. right thing. So Mm -hmm. having a writing coach really broke down the process. So I had the entire thing outlined within like the first two weeks. Oh, wow. So it was good. So then it was just filling it in Mm -hmm. for the rest of the few months. But I share so much of my real raw truth in print. Yeah. And sitting in that space of like feeling all those stories and putting them to paper was a slow process that was hard yeah, so yeah. you know it was and then deciding which ones to use which ones not to use um you know and, and adding to that framework so there was a lot of sabotage I probably could have had it done way faster mm-hmm. um but the big piece I tell people is when you're putting your stories out there and especially if you're talking about other people that are in your life what came up for me the sabotage that came up for me was not fear of rejection from the audience but it was fear of rejection from those closest to me because i put them in the book oh yeah and, you know it was my husband it was my parents you know i'm pretty much putting in everything that i put out there was even the the rock bottom moment all of it 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 wasn't for the purpose of what was me or any sort of victim perspective. Everything was shared in a very empowering way to just mm-hmm. understand the framework of what I was working with. Yeah. Um, but they did reject me. They all got triggered mm-hmm. reading the book and had to go through their own stuff. But on the other side of it, I had better relationships with every single one of them now because I put it out there.
0: Honesty will do that. So. Honesty yeah. does that, and, and oftentimes it's strange stuff, but when you can come back together and have a better relationship because of that honesty, mm-hmm. um, it makes it all worthwhile. <clears throat> So that book, I'm assuming it's available on Amazon and probably on your website. Yep. We will post yes. we will post links in the show notes, guys, uh, as always. But please, uh, go check out Stacey's book, Be a Boss and Fire That Bitch. I love that title, man.
1: <laughs> or you can go to firethatbitchbook.com.
0: <laughs> oh, fire that. Yeah. And like I said, we'll chuck all <laughs> this stuff.
1: Like We'll chuck yeah, it all yeah, in we'll the show notes. In we'll put
0: it all up. Um, you know, no, a lot of people are driving. I don't want them writing that stuff down. No, of while course. While <laughs> while <laughs> they're like, wait, what?
1: What is that? what is that no I know, of course I it is it the 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 process of putting the book out was truly amazing and it really is the process the foundational process of all the work that I do with my clients I live it I breathe it every day we've talked a lot today about boundaries there's a whole chapter on boundaries mm-hmm. in, in in explaining a lot of these fundamentals so anybody in I mean Anybody with an inner critic benefits from this book, but especially entrepreneurs at yeah. any stage. Well, it's always you know, I really wrote it for the entrepreneur.
0: They're the ones that have the imposter syndrome the most. They're the ones that need yep. need the help the most, man. It's just, um, you know, my, myself included. We've all struggled through this thing that you've done and you've written this book about, and you've come out the other side of it. And I think it's just, I think it's amazing, you know. And I, I'm Thank still, you. I'm, I'm flattered that you've come to talk to uh, talk to the audience uh, for as long as you have today. Now, before I let you go, though, we do have a couple more things to cover. And. <laughs> man i'm super excited to see you on tv because now i'll be like hey that's my friend she's on tv this is great
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but <clears throat> tell us a little bit about the television show that you are working on right now because i see it on social media i don't want to share any of secrets it's super exciting um, tell us what's going on
1: yeah i just finished filming season two of a show called four days to save the world mm-hmm. And we literally had four days of filming and we were placed on a team to solve one of the United Nations top world crises and basically create an economically viable business to solve that crisis. Wow. And yeah, like when you put that many people super focused and generous with their genius in a room, it's amazing what can happen. And I feel like the reason I wanted to participate in something like that is not only... Of stepping into the place of possibility when given giving our giving ourselves that time and space to just focus and lean in. So every single one of you can do the exact same thing in your business. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, we created a full business, the financials, the whole the whole thing, a full pitch deck, start to finish, everything.
0: And without giving so, it away, were you able to solve the world's problem?
1: Well, every single one of us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Did with what we created obviously on the show it will be you know there's some that had slightly more complete things or or answered more of the questions where the analysts were like you know we really love this one but it doesn't matter because once it airs every single one of those is going to be available for crowdfunding
0: right so it oh doesn't wow matter. Yeah. so all the all those businesses yeah. are all viable all 10
1: businesses ah, yeah all so 10 businesses cool.
0: They're all going to be viable, and they're all going to be stuff that people can uh, people can source and, and take part in. Where is the uh, where's it being aired? Let us know where we can watch it.
1: It'll be on you know like Roku, Apple TV, Amazon, Google, you know, pretty much all the streaming major streaming platforms.
0: Dude, that's awesome, and that's of course we'll share be. it. We'll share it on Facebook when it comes up, um, yeah, even though it's probably course. gonna be. Quite a while after this interview i'd, I'd still Thanks. love to uh, love to share it and everything else all right i got um just a couple more questions before i let you go thank you for mm-hmm. uh, taking the time again this is one i ask all my guests and i worry it's a little long in the tooth but i always get different answers and uh, i love asking it so uh, the sake for the sake of being repetitive and at risk of that Um, The one I ask is, you know, Stacey, if 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 you were back tomorrow uh, to Ground Zero and you had to talk to Stacey from a few years ago and say, right, here's what to do. Where, what's one piece of advice you go back and give yourself?
1: Your success is only as hard as you make it.
0: Oh, wow, I love that, and that that is so true because you know, success is is simple. It's simple things yeah. followed over and over and over in a repeating pattern, consistently over time. Um, yeah. And
1: it's only as hard as you fucking make it. Yeah. Stop making it so damn hard. You're
0: exactly right. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't put that any better. That is so. That is I mean, so that's true. It's just
1: what we do. I mean, the only reason, and that's what's so interesting, is like what I've been able to do in six years is only. It, it's only been the last really like two years. Mm-hmm. Really, since the book came out, because I'm about to have my two-year anniversary, that I've really gotten out of my way. And granted, keep in mind, and keep in mind that I still have my moments. Mm -hmm. I still have my critic. It's just I use my toolkit so thoroughly now that it shortens the sabotage cycle. Yeah, so, it, it,
0: it doesn't you know, go away. it's
1: just seconds and minutes. Yeah, yeah because just I'm learn to constantly it expanding. Yeah, yeah,
0: you just have to manage like it better. Dude.
1: The first time you're in a room surrounded by multimillionaires, you know what I mean. There's mm-hmm. gonna be oh, some yeah. little chitter chatter, and you're oh, like, oh no, wait, yeah, no, yeah. I've earned a seat at this table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know what I mean. But you know, some stuff discomfort comes up, and it's okay. That's the thing is, we've got to stop judging it my book's all about shifting the relationship with that voice not eliminating it
0: man i love that it's just it's powerful you have you've literally made me say wow more times today than owen wilson (laughs) it's just one wow after another after another so um just it's you've been a, a absolutely um incredible guest Stacey. i've really enjoyed this interview i'm i'm it's, it's such a shame i have to I have to wrap it up i feel like i could talk with you for days um tell us before next, you go next
1: episode
0: oh we're, yeah i want to we'll run this back i want to run this back you've, you've been <laughs> fun and um yes next uh, probably next meet up in dallas we can do something um however where can my audience find you and follow you and support you let us know what those handles are yeah.
1: So the best ways to do that, of course, is kind of the central hub is stacyrasky.com. And the next to that is download the in My Influential app. It's got everything in my app. My podcast is there. All my free resources are there. My YouTube channel is there. Links to everything all in the app. All you have to do is search Influential.
0: And we'll put that link. In the notes, so uh, yeah, got your yeah. own app and everything. So, mm-hmm. wow, a massive thank you uh, to you, Stacy, for coming on the show, guys. This has been uh, Stacy Rasky. Go support her, follow her stuff, find her on Instagram and Facebook. Go to stacyrasky.com and do all that good stuff. And uh, I myself, I'm going to order a copy of your book based on this uh, interview because it's uh, it's been too long coming, and I'm super stoked that you came on the show. So thank you for coming.
1: You're welcome. You'll have to bring it with you so I can sign it.
0: Oh, I'd love that. All right, guys, that was Stacy Rasky. Please go check out her stuff. Show us some love. Show us some support for those knowledge bombs that she dropped through this episode. And as always, we will be back on Friday with another Friday Fire. And if you've gotten anything out of this show, please subscribe, leave us a review. And uh, again, run over to Stacy's channels and subscribe over there and follow her too. So uh, you'll be good. Have a great week. A Happy Monday. And I will see you guys Friday for Friday Fire. Take care now. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you made it this far, you clearly liked it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share it with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in downtown
1: Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com. Ooh, yeah.